so shri krishna bhagwan is saying that he who knows the truth knows that it is not him that is eating it is not him that is walking it is not him that is sleeping it is the body that is eating it is the body that is sleeping it is the body that is walking because he or i i am one with the atman like i like soul needs no food it is the body that needs food shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying the self controlled one who has mentally renounced all activity dwells peacefully in the city of nine gates navadwara pure neither acting nor causing to act so here krishna is saying that god he, he is not creating an agency that would influence your action nor he is directly influencing your action it is one's own swabhava that is that is doing so a sankarshan joshi trip hello ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another sankarshan joshi trip this is a chapter 5 of the bhagavad gita series so today we are at chapter 5 which is sanyasa yoga the yoga of renunciation of action so i have i'm back to the bhagavad gita series after a really long time so uh, i did the fourth chapter few months back and now i'm doing the fifth chapter so this is not what i intended to do when i started this i didn't want to take this much gap but uh, everything happens for a reason right like i mean at the end of it all uh, whatever gap that i took all the things that i experienced all of the different uh, concepts and so i was listening to a lot of ramayana in this gap i was listening to a lot of uh, stories about uh, madurga the devi so i was listening to a lot of different stuffs and i'm now coming back to the bhagavad gita again and the perspective has slightly tilted from where i was before so we all grow we all evolve right so nothing makes uh, so nothing is very too permanent in terms of uh, school of thoughts and philosophies they keep evolving right so one thing with the bhagavad gita series uh, ever since i started to now one thing that i that has changed is that uh, whenever i did uh, the bhagavad gita episodes in the past i always presented bhagavad gita in a much more philosophical logical sense you know where uh, even if someone who's listening and who doesn't believe in god it should make sense to them so i was saying expressing the concepts in that perspective but over the period of time i've realized that uh, without faith without bhakti nothing actually makes sense when you are uh, when you believe a scientific concept that means you have faith in science as an institution so you without faith nothing functions for you to for something to have impact on your life you need to have faith you need to have devotion you need to have bhakti or else no knowledge is going to make sense at all so when i'm so when i'm listening to someone talk about when i'm listening to someone who's talking about ramayana or who's talking about devi who's talking about bhagavatam who's talking about krishna who's talking about bhagavad gita right there is a immense devotion that is oozing out of them and that is very contagious 
you know and uh, i've realized that you know i'm going to let my guard down a little bit and i'll express that when you are when you guys are listening to bhagavad gita when i am telling bhagavad gita i immensely have faith on krishna so i'm like immensely have faith on krishna and the concept of god right so hence i'm doing this uh, bhagavad gita series and uh, i've realized that whenever i put out a, a small snip uh, snippet of the bhagavad gita series uh, on instagram I, so if you guys want to check me out on instagram you can go to asankarshan joshi trip and so i put reels there and whenever i put bhagavad gita clip there i i see a lot of comments that says you know hari krishna jai shri krishna hari krishna and it makes me so happy that all of them are young people and just looking at their faith and they expressing their faith it just it makes me so happy so i'd like to start this bhagavad gita series by saying you without faith no knowledge no dharma no god nothing actually makes sense so faith bhakti is very 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 important so i'm just coming out and i'm just saying that out loud so let's start the chapter 5 chapter 5 starts with arjuna saying shri krishna that so in chapter 4 when uh, if you guys haven't checked chapter 4 please do check it out so in chapter 4 you see a lot of uh, wisdom that krishna is giving out in terms of how to perceive life how should one go about acting uh, and how should one perceive their existence you know how seriously should you take your physical body and when you are acting upon something how serious should you be in terms of uh, how attached are you towards that action so there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom that krishna provides in chapter 4 right so chapter 5 starts with arjuna asking that you praise renunciation of action o krishna but also the yoga of action tell me clearly which is better so here arjuna is asking you say that giving up and renouncing action is good and you are also saying that performing the right action is good so <laughs> arjuna here is getting confused and is asking like tell me clearly like which is better to that uh, shri bhagwan say uh, shri krishna bhagwan says right renunciation and right performance of action both lead to the same goal but of the two right performance is better so here let's talk about right renunciation of action so when you see great sages and uh, saints gurus from india for example let's take ramana maharshi for that for a, for that uh, matter so ramana maharshi he stayed in his ashram in arunachalam and this man almost renounced everything and he didn't even have ownership of his own body you know like when he was addressing to his body he talked about his body as a different thing so every time he got sick he would say this got sick like this body got sick i did not get sick because i can't get sick because i am the soul you know that's the amount of profundity and enlightenment he had and the the next part of the statement is right performance of action so performing an action right meaning you need to follow dharma and any action that you're doing it should be dharmic in nature and it should up, it, it should actually uplift your concept of dharma like that's how your actions should be right and that hence 
hence it would be called right action so when you see ramachandra lord ram his entire life was just about performing the right action not because he wanted to not because he he found pleasure in that he did those actions rightly because that was the dharma and he followed dharma so he always did the right action so your people who take the gnana marga and who give up on material possession or who renounce actions so there is so that is one path and there is other path where you focus on performing an action rightly and in a dharmic way so both of them lead to the same goal says shri krishna bhagwan and then he continues saying that out of the two performing right action like the right performance is the better one because so there are very few people in the world who will reach the level of ramana maharshi or all the great gurus and saints spiritual beings of come on this planet there are very few people who reach to that level right so they have a purpose in their life and they are there to pull, to fulfill that particular purpose but and that philosophy might not resonate with everybody right so i can come out and say that you know what i am not this body i am the soul i can just say it but for me to actually believe that are two different things so i might say that you know what i'm not this body i'm the soul i can say it and i might believe that is true but when the scenario presents itself where i see a scorpion i'm just like scared so you can make yourself believe that you are that type of person but reality is different right so taking this part Uh, sorry taking this path is slightly harder trickier and it involves a lot of uh, guidance it's a very different concept right if you take gnana marga understanding implementing two different things so but when you take the path of doing the right action like you see the life of rama how he performed uh, actions what he did in his entire life you look at that and you try to be that you know you try to uh imitate rama you try to be him by doing the right thing so that's much more easier and that's i mean it's not easy in the sense because it's it's hard doing the right thing is hard when i say easy it i mean that you can perceive it easily and uh, when you perceive it easily you can make yourself implement that so that's what i mean your shri krishna says that out of the two right performance is better Shri Krishna Bhagwan then continues saying he he is to be considered a perpetual sanyasi who neither hates nor desires oh mighty armed being free from the pairs of opposites he is easily released from bondage so here krishna is saying a perpetual sanyasi is someone who neither hates nor desires i mean as simple as this statement is it is so hard to not desire for something right so if you are single then you desire for an ideal mate right when you are hungry you desire food when uh, uh, when you feel when you get a feeling of lust then you seek things that 
you desire things that would fulfill that aspect of what you're feeling right and uh, suppressing the desire not having desire it's super hard and the second part here was he who neither hates i mean isn't it so um, um, not hating someone it's the hardest part right because we get succumbed to our emotions so easily that uh, as much as i mean when you love someone you might for few minutes not think about them you know <laughs> but when you hate someone they and that if you're angry if you hate a object or if you hate a person that's all you're thinking about because hatredness require a lot of investment of your energy right so you you always think about that and shri krishna bhagwan in the second part of the statement he says be free from the pains of opposite like pleasure pain good bad uh, happy sad be free from these pains of opposite that means that uh, any scenario comes in your way you should be seeing that not as a positive thing nor as a negative thing imagine the state that you should be to actually see world that way so if you if you see things that way then you are you are released from this bondage so it, the bondage could be life it could be your clinging on to objects could be anything you know you be you will be released from bondage shri krishna then continues saying it is child's talk not the view of the wise that the paths of knowledge and action differ he who firmly established in one obtains the fruit of both so here <laughs> so arjuna in this this chapter starts with arjuna asking which of the two paths is better right so he's indirectly saying that you know it's child talk if someone thinks that you know one is better than the other and uh, he who is established in one obtains the fruit of both it's like two different rivers but they all meet at an ocean right so no matter what path you take in yoga you're going to reach the same part uh, same destination of being god realized and being one with the god right sri krishna bhagwan then continues saying the same state which men of knowledge attain is attained also by those who perform right action he who sees two paths as one he it is who sees right but it is difficult to attain renunciation o mighty armed without the yoga of action a wise man who practices the yoga of action soon attains to brahman so the first part of the uh, the statement are uh, shri krishna bhagwan is saying it is difficult to give up on certain actions like to renounce certain things without the yoga of action which is following your dharma and doing uh, i mean which is following the right action path so you cannot renounce objects without being on the path of doing the righteous thing like the both are very uh intertwined and interlinked and then the second part of the of the statement was that uh, the wise man who practices the yoga of action soon attains to brahman so it's not just that you uh you understand uh bhagavad gita it's you you put that in practice like that's more important right 
so uh, whatever you learn if if that's not being implemented then did you really understand that then you cannot call yourself a wise man so hence it makes sense when krishna is saying that a wise man who practices the yoga of action he attains brahman soon he whose mind is purified by that yoga who controls himself and is master of his senses and who knows his self to be one with self of all is unaffected even though engaged in action so here just think about it in a perspective where krishna is trying to combine two paths which is having a right understanding having gnana and performing the right action so here is trying to merge both of them here you can see he who controls himself and is master of his senses and he is one internally with the god like he is always with the eternal brahman then he is unaffected even though he is engaging in action which means that internally he is in a place where he is always in one he is always in union with the god but externally he is doing actions so here he has the understanding of god because he is one with him and externally he is doing the actions you know then shri krishna bhagwan then continue saying he who knows the truth does not consider that it is he doing anything while seeing hearing touching smelling eating walking sleeping breathing excreting or opening or closing eyes he considers only that the senses are contacting the objects of the senses so shri krishna bhagwan is saying that he who knows the truth knows that it is not him that is eating it is not him that is walking it is not him that is sleeping it is the body that is eating it is the body that is sleeping it is the body that is walking because he or i i am one with the atman like i like soul needs no food it is the body that needs food so your body is interacting with the thing that it needs to sustain itself so when your body is hungry your body seeks food when your body is tired it seeks sleep so when you want to get something then your body walks right if you want to get somewhere your body walks so that is your body interacting with a specific thing that is going to fulfill a specific need for the body he who relinquishing attachment resigns his actions to the brahman remains untouched by sin like a lotus leaf by water when you leave the result so in previous chapters sri krishna bhagwan has says has said that focus on the action and not on the fruit of the action so when you're doing that you're giving the result you're letting the result be decided by god right so hence you are resigning your actions to brahman so anything that you do just dedicating it to him just resigning those actions to him you are doing it because you want to dedicate that action for him 
a person with this mentality is like a water is like a lotus in a water so if you see lotus it stays in water but there is no there is no water on the lotus so there is a waxy texture on the lotus right if you put a drop of water on lotus leaf the water just just slips and it falls back into the pond the water does not stay on the lotus leaf so it's like you are in this ocean of samsara so uh, but you are not affected by it so it's like lotus being in water is not affected by water renouncing attachment yogis engage in activity with the body the mind the intellect or simply the sense organs for the sake of self purification so once krishna gave the example of lotus being in the water and not being affected by water shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying that while renouncing attachment yogis engage in activity with body mind and intellect for the sake of self purification so they are using intellect mind and body in the process of realizing god like they are putting uh, their effort and they are using these three entities for that so what do we do i'll just talk about myself so i use this body just to fulfill the needs for this body and invest time and efforts in pleasure right like that's all we do what do we do if we want tasty food we go eat tasty food and if we we do a 9 to 5 job to make money and we invest money to build a certain lifestyle for ourselves so that physically we are in a much more comfortable place so when i mean going back to lust i keep talking about lust a lot because when you look around there is so much of provocative things and there's so much of explicit content out there in the internet free for people to use which is so much more easier to to access right even for kids or adults anyone like regardless of the age it's so much easier to access it so whatever time and effort that we have we are putting it just to feel that momentary gratification of pleasure right so that's what we invest our mind body and intellect to do that we do an action with our body and we use our intellect to justify that action so every time we you go watch explicit content on the internet you use your intellect to justify that action by saying it is natural like everyone does it so i am doing it so you are using your intellect to justify your bodily action so hence your 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 manas would 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 eventually deteriorate deteriorate right like it it eventually gets polluted and it will take you to a path which is very 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 far from realizing god so that's what we use our body honestly for and uh, so here krishna is saying that use these three things like a a, a saint or a yogi he uses these these three things manas Uh, mind intellect and body towards realizing god go being in union with the god and experiencing eternal bliss he who is integrated in union attains abiding peace relinquishing attachment to the fruits of the action while a non integrated 
is bound by attachment to the fruits of the action through desire so here let's let's talk about the first part of the of the statement he who is integrated in union attains abiding peace relinquishing attachment to the fruits of the action so being union in the sense internally you you know that you are the soul and you have realized that and you are being a part of that so internally you are in union with the god and you have relinquished attachment to the fruits of the action so here if you are in that state this would be the result where you are not uh, attached to the fruits of the action it could also be vice versa right so the more you perform actions dedicating it to uh, just for the action and not for the fruits of the action then you would reach to a place where you would be union with the god right vice versa and the second part of the statement here it says while a non integrated a person who is not realized that he is one with the god his soul is is the eternal god he is bound by attachment to the fruits of, of uh, yeah he is attached to the fruits through desire so clearly here we know who we are so here is saying krishna is saying that if you are bound by desire like if you are attached to your fruits then you have a lot of desire in you and you know that that won't lead you anywhere and the first part of the statement it says that so someone who is a wise someone who has realized god his actions would be in a way where you are not attached to the fruits of the action shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying the self controlled one who has mentally renounced all activity dwells peacefully in the city of nine gates navadwara pure neither acting nor causing to act so let's just break down the statement a bit the self controlled one who has mentally renounced all the activity so here krishna is saying you have mentally renounced which means you have given up on the fruits of the action right so mentally you have given up and you have renounced the action and you are dwelling peacefully in this city of nine gates so which is the city of nine gates so human body we have nine openings right so here krishna beautifully is referring our body to navadware pure so a city of nine gates and he is neither acting nor causing to act so he is just being very observant of his body it's like you're playing a ycd game where you are observing yourself as a third party where you are peacefully sitting in this nice city of nine gates and uh, you are not creating reasons for this body to act and you're not creating reasons for this body to not act you're just being observant about it with a sense of detachment right shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying the supreme self the prabhu the god creates neither agency nor action for people nor unites action with its fruit it is one's own nature or swabhava which does so you know when i read this statement it just hit me so hard you know it just changed my entire reality because when good happens we say that god is doing that when bad happens we question god right like with your presence why is bad things happening here so we, we, we that normally that's how people who have faith in god that's how they they talk right but when i read this 
sure krishna himself is saying that the god does not create reasons for people to act nor does he influence the action that people are doing he also does not bring fruits to their action so it is not god who is doing this it is one's own swabhava that is doing that it is one's own innate nature that is doing that so if your swabhava is good then you will get fruits for your action if your swabhava is bad then the fruits that you get for your action would be very different that would be very detrimental so here krishna clearly says krishna clearly is saying that god is not creating a certain intention in you to act god is not making you do something it is your own swabhava that is making you do something ravana he has a asura demonic swabhava that's why his actions has always been demonic but when you see rama his swabhava is very 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 pure so you can see how it's reflected in his actions so here you can clearly see that if your swabhava is good good things will come to you good things will happen if your swabhava is bad then bad things will come to you it is not god that is doing that it is you your own self doing that so if someone who is praying god external you know they're chanting god's name a zillion times a day but their swabhava is bad they're always jealous of other people they always want bad things to happen to other people then they'll get bad fruits then they won't get good fruits if someone who is not chanting god's name at all but he has a very good swabhava he has a very good nature then good things will come to him it is dependent on one's own swabhava so when i read this i started to question hmm then why should one go to a temple then why should one pray god if it is my own swabhava then if 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 god is not bringing actions if god is not influencing my actions then why should i pray him why should i go to him and then i realized if you want your swabhava to change you need god's blessings you need god's intervention to change your swabhava so once your swabhava changes your action changes your fruits change fruits to your actions change everything change shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying the universal self the prabhu he takes on neither evil nor good of any man wisdom is unveiled by unwisdom therefore men are deluded krishna is saying that god neither takes on evil form or nor does he sorry here krishna is saying god does not bring evil out of any man nor does he bring good of any man like he is not influencing them like i said previously it's it's, it's one's own swabhava right so here when wisdom is thrown out through and unwisdom comes into play where agnana where gnana is being pushed out by agnana then men would get deluded when we look around we 
we know what deluded men do how deluded men behave we know we clearly know when we are listening to geeta if you are listening to geeta then when you look around people you exactly know people who are in line with what krishna is saying and you clearly know people who are not in line with what krishna is saying so people are not in line with what krishna is saying because they are deluded they are deluded because agnana is taking prominence over gnana but here the solution also krishna says shri krishna bhagwan then continue saying but in those whose ignorance is destroyed by the knowledge of the self that knowledge like sun reveals the supreme so when you when you are on a path of realizing the god when you are in path of realizing the self in this process the agnana would be casted out and knowledge gnana would be shining like a bright sun shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying mind fixed on that self merged in that directed and devoted to that their sins will be dissolved by wisdom they go whence there is no return they go to a place where there is no return there is no return meaning there is no rebirth there is no you are free the wise sees with an equal eye a learned and a modest brahman a cow an elephant a dog and an outcast this is the beauty of bhagavad gita so here krishna is saying a wise man he sees a modest brahman a learned brahman a cow a peasant a dog a elephant they see everything with an equal eye you know the the book that i am reading this the translation of bhagavad gita this book was bought in ramana maharshi's ashram so at the start of the podcast i refer to ramana maharshi right so there are a lot of people who experienced ramana maharshi who spent some time with him they say that you know ramana maharshi had few pets in his ashram and he referred to those pets as though he would refer a human he wouldn't he wouldn't refer that as a pet he would literally treat that animal as a person so you need to see people like this we need to look around for people like this like there are a lot of great people who have been like this who have lived life like this where they have seen everything with an equal eye you know how how you have to be internally to be actually perceiving world like that where you are seeing everything with an equal eye like there is no good there is no bad the way how you are seeing a rich guy how you the way how you are seeing a poor guy you are seeing them with the same eye internally you have to be so blissful to actually bring that out right it, like when i'm talking about that it's it's i don't know there's something i'm feeling inside like it's very it makes me happy you know just imagining 
me being in a place like that i'm not saying i am there i'm i'm an i'm an ignorant soul but i'm just saying that it's it's a very beautiful place to be in shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying even in this life those whose mind is equipoised have overcome phenomenal existence flawless and uniform is brahman hence brahman are they established so here krishna is also giving solution even in this life the life that we are living right now if our mind has overcome this material existence if we have mentally given up on all the material possessions not physically but mentally if you can just give up on the fruits of the action and if you if you can do that in this life then you would be one with the flawless and uniform brahman so you would be with him the knower of brahman established in brahman steadfast and clear of mind neither exalts over a pleasant event nor grieves over an unpleasant event so this is this is an extension to what i was saying earlier right if you are able to see all living beings with an equal eye then imagine seeing all experiences in life with an equal eye if you get a pleasant event then you're just pleasant even if something grieving happens you're still pleasant no matter what circumstance you are you are in you are the same that's what lord rama was lord rama he lived as a human being in a certain instances he became sad when sita was taken away he was sad so in certain instance he got angry when he had to kill a lot of demons he got angry so he lived like a human being but one thing that that lord rama had in him was that no matter what happened he always stood firmly when he was he when he was made king when when it was announced that rama would be king he was like this when rama was asked to go to forest he was like this so no matter what circumstance was he was always in a same state and that's what krishna is referring here knower of brahman or god realized person would be living life like that unattached to the outer contacts he finds happiness in the self united with brahman he enjoys the eternal bliss the pleasures of the senses are but sources of a misery oh so son of kunti says shri krishna bhagwan having a beginning and an end a wise man does not delight in them so any any pleasures that we provide for our senses are the sources of misery like shri krishna bhagwan just said it he said any any sources that are giving pleasure to your senses are a source of misery which has a start and which will come to an end of course right like when you are eating a chocolate when like you want to give pleasure to your taste buds it has a start and after a point it ends right and eating chocolate 
gives misery to your body because it's it's giving you diabetes sugar this is a very lame example but you guys can think of much more profound examples than than what i can think so a wise man is not delighted in them he's not excited to give pleasure to his senses he who even before being set free from this physical body can resist the force of desire and anger he is a happy man so shri krishna bhagwan is saying even before you set free from this body meaning even like the time that you are spending in this body so soul in the first, in the second chapter uh, shri krishna bhagwan says that you know like how we put on new garments and throw away old garments similarly our soul leaves this body and takes on another body right so while the soul is in this body when your body is being influenced by desire when your body is 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 like if you can resist the force of desire and if you can resist the force of anger then you are a happy man beautiful beautiful statement is there a better self help book than bhagavad gita in my opinion n o no in caps shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying that yogi whose happiness is inward whose joy and whose light are inward being established in brahman attained brahman nirvana merger into brahman ha if material possessions are giving you happiness then i think it's high time you sit and introspect yourself because clearly shri krishna bhagwan is saying that if if external things are giving you happy then they're very short lasting right i don't know if short lasting is even a word but you get what i mean so if external things are giving us happiness then they come and they go but if our happiness is inward then no one can affect that right if you come and yell at me i won't grieve if you come and praise me i won't become happy because my happiness is not based on external things it is internal so if you can if you can do that then you would reach a place where nirvana bliss with the brahman those sages attain brahman nirvana whose imperfections are destroyed their sense of duality turned aside their minds control and who seek the well-being of all creatures brahman nirvana lies around those who have freed themselves from anger and desire who have subdued their minds and have known the self being able to seek well being for all creatures so they say lokha samastha sukhino bhavantu right every being be happy for you to internally feel that all the people who have caused you pain regardless you want everyone to be happy the one who has realized god one who is in eternal bliss he thinks that way and brahman nirvana is attained by people who have freed themselves from anger and desire 
so who have subdued their senses meaning they have, they have suppressed their senses their mind and their one with the god shri krishna bhagwan then continues saying the sage who intent on liberation moksha has overcome desire fear anger who turns away from outer things and sits with gaze fixed between the eyebrows and with outgoing and incoming breath made equal in the nostrils is forever free as i mean krishna when he says it it sounds so simple right like i want to be that i want to be in that state he's saying if you want moksha if you want liberation you have to overcome desire you have to overcome fear and anger those two things are very impulsive so it's very hard to overcome those if you are able to overcome those then please bless me <laughs> so and then sit with your gaze with your focus between your eyebrows and then focus on the breath that going that's going inward and that's coming outward and then just peacefully sit there meditation at last shri krishna bhagwan says knowing me as the enjoyer of sacrifices and austerities the great lord of all beings the friend of all beings he attains peace with this beautiful statement we are going to end chapter 5 of the bhagavad gita series ladies and gentlemen it's been my pleasure that i get to do this and uh, i am so lucky to to have you listening to this thank you so much ladies and gentlemen sarvam shri krishna arpanamastu asankarshan joshi trip